Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Every one of us face unexpected challenges as we journey through life. At times, they can stand before us feeling naturally impossible. And yet, even in the midst of the deepest of human darkness, He is still at work. Throughout the Bible, we read account after account of God's faithfulness to His people. In that, we have full authority to stand in faith and proclaim, just as Joseph declared, Don't you see? You planned evil against me, but God used those same plans for my good. As you see all around you right now, life for many people. I was in the depths of addiction. There was no hope for my life. There was no plan, no purpose. I didn't know there was another way. I was lost. Three years ago, Nolan had a liver transplant, and despite our highest hopes, it failed. After countless procedures and the best efforts of the doctors, nothing seems to be working. I found myself and my family in a situation where we were so limited on money and resources to the point that I got at home one night after work to see my wife waiting for me to say that she had been had dinner because she had to feed the girls. It was supposed to be my honeymoon, but here I was being choppered to Dunedin. I had suffered a severe brain bleed and stroke, and I didn't know whether I was gonna live or die. But God is a rescuer, and here I am today in an amazing, beautiful marriage, married to the all-out love of my life. It's exhilarating and thrilling, and there's purpose for my life that I chase after every day, the purposes of God. From the moment we learned and we leaned into the fully dependence on God, we're starting to see miracles after miracles. My family and I can now say that we fully depend on God, and He continues to be our provider until this day. In the midst of a pandemic, he was able to provide a whole liver for Nolan all the way from Australia. And since then, his strength and energy has returned. He's able to go back to school and be with his friends and just live the life of a happy, healthy boy again. He sent people into my life. They had this undeniable peace about them. They guided me to church for the first time and it was like God was just giving me a big hug. He was welcoming me home. You know, I'll never forget the moment I heard that unexpected prognosis, that my hero, my dad, and my pastor was facing the reality of a terminal death sentence. You know, in the silence of that moment, which somehow felt like an absolute eternity, I could sense that although this was devastating, my God was greater still. You know, right there in that room with the family around the phone, hearing the reality of the news being delivered by the specialist, 
I remember the immediate fear that entered the room. But you know, as quick as it entered, there was a decision to engage faith that was ignited. You know, I'll never forget Dad's response as we were there as a family hearing that news. And he said, well, that's not the news we were expecting, but I think we should all take a moment to pray. You know, ever since that moment, it has been prayer that has created a deeper desire in me personally, in us as a family, and I believe now us as a church here at Life. A desire to become deeply dependent on our God. You know, there's been so many pastors, so many leaders, so many different Christians from New Zealand and around the globe that have reached out to me to let me know, hey, we're praying and we're standing with you to believe for that miracle. And you know, I guess that's how God has the chance to work in our lives. Because if there was no need for miracles, then really there would be little need for God. And you know, I believe more than a great catch cry, the reality of, but God, is for every single one of us. But God is always able and always willing. But God is for this moment and it's for this time. It's totally more than just a belief for our senior pastor, Pastor Paul's healing. But I believe it's a year for every single one of us individually. It's a year for us as a church here at Life. And it's for us as a generation of believers to stand and declare, but God, to stand and believe for unprecedented breakthrough of the supernatural. The truth is, trust doesn't come in full overnight. But I believe by trusting God with every single step and every single day that we have, we start to discover the wonder of an incredible relationship with Him and the reality in every single season of our life. Yes, the good season, the bad season, and the sometimes ugly season, God always has purpose in our pain. You know, there are but God moments, I believe, that are awaiting all of us. But it's up to you, it's up to me, to look to the life of Jesus to discover these moments. You know, we read through the Bible and throughout the Gospels that there are so many moments where Jesus steps in and there is someone on the other end of Jesus stepping in, discovering the supernatural breakthrough that truly can only be brought by God. The truth is blind men saw. The disenfranchised of society discovered acceptance. They discovered love. They discovered purpose. There was lost people that were found and there were sick people that were healed. Jesus constantly saw the impossible become possible. You know, it's His light that pierces through our darkness. It's His light that brings incredible clarity to our chaos. And I want to encourage you and remind you that before you or I were even born, Jesus stepped in. Jesus looked death in the face and said, but God. And He didn't just do it for one only time in humanity's existence, but actually His death and His resurrection now continually echoes throughout eternity. It's a declaration, I believe, for you and for me in this day and in this time. 
And you know, I found myself coming back to the book of John and and a great, I guess, opening to John's gospel where it says these words, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, speaking of Jesus, all things were made. Without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, verse 5 says. I want to encourage you that God Himself wants you and I to overcome, to step past our natural reality into the supernatural power He has for every single one of us. But I also love uh, in another one of the great gospels, Matthew, Matthew 5, Jesus speaking, reminds us and says this, hey, you, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a light and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, you and me need to let our light shine before others so that they may see our good deeds and they will glorify our Father in heaven. Jesus Himself is the light of all mankind, but He commands you and I to be the light in this world in this 2022 season. He is with us, church. He is guiding us and He is empowering us to shine bright in a world, if we would be honest, can feel like it's getting dimmer each and every day. I want to encourage you that our dependence on Him in this season, and truth be told, in every single season, is so, so paramount. We might be facing challenge. We might be seeing the reality of our world being at war with itself. We may be living in and trying to come through a worldwide pandemic that's not even just threatening our physical health, but our mental health the health of our communities, and really a time that is trying to divide us all. And I don't know about you, but everything that's going on and around us in the here and now is a great reminder that even through all of the challenge, Jesus is still our reliable source. He can still be our ongoing security, our strength and our comfort. He is our eternal Saviour and He is the Lord above us. I believe when we carry this but God revelation for ourselves, we start to discover who He is and we start to live out who He's called us to be. It's the but God revelation that enables you and I to be the much needed light our world needs right now. I believe this revelation that we need to take hold of will empower every single one of us to see miracles take place to see salvations in our friends and family, to see unity where there is division. We're gonna believe to see freedom and breakthrough. We're gonna, I believe, see Him move in and through our neighbourhoods, through our cities, through our church here at Life and the church across the world. But it's gonna take a collective yes, every single one of us saying yes to Him again, believing that as we say yes, He is gonna lead us to a place where we're going to help people discover their own but God 
revelation. I believe when we say yes, we discover that even when the world says everything's shrinking down and you need to be quiet, God Himself is calling us to stand up. He's calling us to step out and to make a difference. In fact, be reminded as the book of Hebrews puts it in chapter 10, verse 39. We do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but we belong to those who have faith and are saved. In church in 2022, we're making a decision. We're not shrinking back, but we are gonna commit to taking more and more ground. We're gonna commit to shining God's light into the darkness to all of those around us. You know, I believe we're gonna continue to see our current campuses strengthened and continue to start new life locals right across our nations. Why? So we can bring the gospel and the hope of the good news of Jesus to the people that need it most. I believe we're gonna continue this year to serve our community and let them know they have value and that as a church, we're here to meet their needs. And again, let us be reminded as Genesis chapter 50, verse 20 puts it, where Joseph speaks and says, hey, you intended to harm me. You know, there's plenty of people, there's plenty of things at the moment that are intended to harm us. But I want you to take heart the words of Joseph. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done. The saving of many, many lives. You know, as we've already heard today, Dion, he faced addiction, but God brought freedom. Martian faced losing his son, but God healed. Eba faced financial instability, but God made a way. And Kylie faced significant health issues, but God rescued her. God is so faithful. And even when the ground shakes and when the waters rise, we know He is the firm foundation. Father, we stand today and we thank You that your love never fades, that you're always faithful. Holy Spirit, your presence is real and we, again, we invite you to take our human hearts, the circumstances surrounding who we are and bring the power of God move in a way that we have not yet seen. We honour You. As we come to Your Word, as we share, we believe You're calling to us to this year that You'll cause our hearts to be open, our minds to be rich with a sense of Your voice speaking to us. Pray that for those we're standing next to today, Your blessing would be all around them in Jesus' Name. Amen. Amen. I don't know if you can do this, but if you can, give someone a high five or a hug or do something that demonstrates you love them and you care for them. Can we thank the team for a great, great song this morning? You know, we come to Vision Sunday 2022 and As you come to a fresh year and you begin to contemplate what's in front, 
there's always been a sense where Holy Spirit, we wanna hear from you. And I felt very clearly alongside with Luke and the team as we were praying into this coming year that God was saying, there's gonna be a shift, a shift of season. There's a deep sense in our hearts that 22 is not to be a year where we focus on going back to where we were pre-COVID, but to fully step into a brand new God season. My nature is something that loves to have big, audacious goals. I love to see God do impossible things. And we've had seasons where even of late where God has called us to be a part of something that humanly was impossible and we've seen God move. But the year before us is a year I believe that's gonna be very different to anything we've experienced in 30 plus years. In fact, Ecclesiastes, Solomon writes these words, to everything there is a season. I think we begin to question God at times because we don't, get the season we're in. And yet the wisdom of Solomon inspired by the Holy Spirit is says, to everything there is a season, there is a season for pain. There is a season for darkness, there is a season for light. To everything there is a season and there is a time for every purpose under heaven. And when you begin to understand that when the seasons arrive that you didn't expect, you don't give up, you lean in. In fact, if we fail to experience the fullness of God's season right now, we won't embrace the purpose of God. Of course, Ecclesiastes go on, goes on in verse 10. And Solomon writes, I have seen the God-given task with which the sons of men, you and I, are to be occupied. God has made everything not some things, everything beautiful in its time. Not my time, not logic time. God has made everything, even the unexpected, even the things that we felt would crush us. He's made it all beautiful in His time. I believe that this year is gonna be a year of reset. It's gonna be a rebuild year. It's gonna be a year where God is gonna take us on a supernatural journey. It's gonna be a but God year. Literally, God, I don't know where you are, but God, you are faithful. Right now, God, I feel like I've stuffed up and I feel like I've missed the call of God, but God, you are merciful. But God, I didn't expect this to happen, but God, you work all things together for good. It's gonna be a year we, we, we will continue as a church to do some things that we know God's called us to do, which is to build disciples. Disciples of Christ, not disciples of a system or men. It's gonna be a year that will continue to bring truth and light to humanity. In other words, if we're not seeing people one for Christ, then I believe we're off track. It's not a program, it's not gonna be a system, it's gonna be every believer beginning to realise when they walk the streets, they are to be the light to the darkness. They are to be the light to the, the needy in the places where we work and, 
And God is wanting to use us. Yes, we are going to multiply our locations and we will be multiplying even campuses. But as we began to say last year, we felt like God said, keep it simple. What is life all about? It's a church where we are going to belong, we're going to believe and we're gonna build. So it's a church that is open for everyone. It's where people belong, a church to call home. I wanna go on record again by saying, everybody is welcome at life. No matter where they're at in their journey, no matter where they stand in society, you are welcome in God's house. And if you can't handle it, you may as well go somewhere else pretty quickly. Because we believe that God's arms are stretched out to all of humanity. He has love for everyone that ever was conceived. Not only is it a place to belong, but it's also a place to believe. We believe once you feel like you belong, then you begin to open your heart to understand the message of the Gospel. And of course, to believe is a choice to follow Jesus. We are not here like religion to make people believe, but there is a choice we get to make. Some of that, have, some people have made that choice today. Not only belong, believe, but also it's a place to build that once we believe, we can help build the kingdom, a commitment to live on purpose. I am a firm believer that God wants to use all of our hands. And so we are gonna see God continue to see us develop. Community is always a part of the vision here at Life. And by the way, the great news is last year, we had a goal for 10 years, 10 years prior, is that by last year, we would be able to see 20 million worth of community impact take place. The good news is last year, we reached $20.3 million worth of community in one calendar year. And if you talk to Nick and the team and all of us here at Life, everything we do in community is literally about bringing help and hope, reaching the now need, but then giving education and a pathway so people can begin to stand and believe in themselves. I heard this week that we right now have something like 3,700 people that are a part of our education program, students that are building towards a better life. Praise God for what's taking place as people not only get something in their now need, but begin to believe they can make a difference in the future, but God. I love the fact that we, this year will have seven special needs homes. Just purchased a piece of land up in Whangarei, I think it's behind me, that's gonna be able to house 11 more special needs people. It becomes their home for life their security, their strength, their place of love. And I believe that God is calling us to go further in that so much that you can hear about and we'll see on the website. But I believe more than that, this year is gonna be a year. And I know that God is calling us to a year of the supernatural where we are being called to discover what it means to be in relationship with the Holy Spirit and to see only what God can do. And you say right through the Bible, there are moves of God. Why hasn't the church seen moves of God like they saw? And I believe that God needs to prepare people to be ready for that. In fact, I was thinking and praying about it and I thought, you know, in the Bible, those that saw the miraculous, 
Many of them had personal proximity. If we're gonna see God move, God's gonna call us to a place, not at arm's length Christianity, but a proximity to Jesus that's gonna require closet time. It's gonna require the giving up of just being content with where you're at and pursuing God. Wasn't it the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years? The Bible says in verse 20 of Matthew 9, she had a flow of blood for 12 years, but she came from behind and she touched the hem. She said within herself, I will be made well. And Jesus saw her faith and said, be of good cheer, your faith has made you well. It's so easy to give up when we haven't seen it, but she didn't give up. She, she sought to get closer. What's standing in the way? What is it that's holding you away from the hem of the garment? That proximity that God is looking for all of us. I know even personally, I'm in a season where God is taking me deeper because I believe there are things yet to be learned for us to be entrusted with the supernatural. That personal proximity. Secondly, I believe God is longing for us personally to have an activated faith. We can awaken the supernatural through faith. As Luke said, we are not of those that shrink back. We are going to begin to breathe faith, live faith, activate faith. There's a woman in Luke chapter 18. She had no material resource and needed the judge to make a decision on her behalf, but he wouldn't because she wouldn't pay, couldn't pay. So he got rid of her, but she came back and the Bible says that she made a decision. She would weary the judge so he would respond. And all she had was stones. So she began to throw the stones on the roof and he couldn't sleep. She just wouldn't give up. She had an activated faith, not a parked faith, not an old faith, not a yesterday faith, not a church faith. She had an activated faith. What the judge said is that he would not at all respond. But because she wearied him, verse six, the Lord said to the disciples, hear what the unjust judge said. And will not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night? Not just in a season, but in all season. Though he bears long with them, I tell you, He will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will He really find faith on the earth? Will He find a generation that's prepared to keep throwing stones? Not giving up because they can't see the outcome, but actually saying, no, I'm gonna keep moving. I'm going to have an activated faith. And then the third would be this. I believe that God is looking for a generation of people that have a large yes. They literally have a willing alignment. Hear me church, 30 years on, we haven't done everything right, but one thing we have done when we knew it was God, we said yes, we didn't know how. Every decision we've made, we didn't know how. How would we start a church with three kids under five? How would we leave a country? How would we do it with no supporters? How would we do it with nobody even committed to be a part of it apart from one couple? We just said yes. 
How would we build the first building? How would we build the building here at Central that we're in? How would we do it? How will we see Tauranga move forward? How will we see, again, the development, further development of South and up at North? How would we, we just said God's calling us, so we're saying yes. And I believe that willing alignment is what begins to move God into a place of releasing the supernatural. I'm gonna to ask today the team to come and join me and I'm also gonna ask the eldership to come and join me. Luke and Missy Marie, come and join me on stage because I wanna share something about this year. This year, God's seen it before it took place and God also has got a plan. And God is leading and with the yes that we've always had, I think it was about, Five or six years ago, we started to talk as an eldership and we were talking about life long-term, the church. God had blessed us and God was doing amazing things. But we felt like God was saying, what about the future? Think about the future. Make sure that you listen to where I wanna take the church and don't get enamoured with what I've done. Be thankful, but keep moving forward. And so as we talked about that, we began to talk about, well, who would lead the church long-term? There was no reason we had to talk like that. I said, what, you're trying to get rid of me? <laughs> they and I, I think we agreed, there's a lot of petrol in this tank. The devil might try to cut it short, but he hasn't got an option. <laughs> And we made that decision four or five years ago that, hey, we would transition if it was God at any time. All we need to know is who's the right person and when's the right time. Well, two years ago, we felt like the Holy Spirit led us as a team to say that the right next senior pastor of life would be Luke, supported by Melissa. And I've made it really clear along the way that, uh, hey, I'm not pushing for anyone that's family, I'm pushing for the right person because that's the way we've always led. And yet there was just a unanimous. And so for the last four years, then two years, we've been planning the structure. We said, well, God, when would it be? And back then we felt like it would be this year. This was before any medical thing happened. We just thought actually it's gonna be 2022. You know, when it comes to transition, the church hasn't dealt with it wisely. A lot of people hang on too long. I'm a believer that God by His grace can lead us so this church builds generation on generation. So we made that call. And as I said, I, I think I've got still a lot to give, but we came to the decision that we would treat transition different. I don't think we should have transition when the senior leader's ready, it's when the next leader's ready. And some people, as I said, hold on too long because it's a value system or a whole lot of things. And we began to pray and we're all in unity. And so we made that decision. And so today I'm announcing that we've got some new senior pastors that uh, are gonna lead life. <laughs> 
and Marie and I are gonna start a church in Hawaii. Now, to be very clear, we are at life for life. We've always been that way. God has never changed that. We are here. But we are relinquishing the leadership. Let me be really clear. I've seen this done badly. People relinquish the title, but still hang on. The leadership mantle fits upon Luke, supported by Missy. By the way, Miss, yeah, Missy, she's got an incredible role here. One, looking after Luke, putting up with some of that, <laughs> as Marie's had to do with me. She is also over the um, creative arts and also worship. And so she stepped in that recently and is gonna bring a whole new thrust to what's gonna take place there. And we're so excited about that. So for Marie and I, um, we are going to, for want of a better name, just be called the Founding Pastors. And we're gonna continue on supporting Luke and Missy and the whole church. And so of course, we're gonna be a part of the teaching team. We're gonna be there to bring wisdom. We're still gonna be on the board to bring wisdom and whatever else Luke needs. So I keep thinking back to, did I look after him? Was I nice to him? Because <laughs> what goes around comes around, you know? So it's bittersweet. But you know what? It's right. And if I could say something, because it's right, people say, how do you feel? I feel fantastic because I know it's right. And I know what comes with alignment. What comes with alignment is another release of the supernatural and God's blessing. And we're expecting that this year is all about getting ready for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we're gonna do everything we know to do it and see that happen. So I'm gonna ask Earl on behalf of the board dash, dash eldership just to share from his perspective, because we have been so well supported. I was thinking Earl, for 30 years, we have never once had a major decision here at Life, you need to hear this, where we have had disagreement or dissension at that level of our church. We've had much hot debate, <laughs> but we've come to a point of unity and that's why I believe the blessing of God has been on this house. Come on, let's give Earl a hand. Well, hi everyone. Um, so my name's Earl Gasperich. I've been part of Life for um, about 23 years and been on the trust board uh, at Life for about 15 or so of those. And you know, it's a real honour to serve the church as in all of our roles that we have, as Pastor Paul said, and the gifts that we have. Uh, it's such an honour to serve the church, to serve Paul and Marie. And I just really wanted to give it a, a high degree of assurance to everybody that the trust board and the eldership of Life have been all over this transition right from the very beginning. So. You know, as Pastor Paul just shared, uh, it was some time ago we started talking about what does transition look like and acknowledging the fact that often in large churches and churches around the world that it was a difficult subject that was often not, not done well and after the fact things didn't work out. So we spent a long time working out, you know, what transition would look like, starting with, with who. And as Pastor Paul said, uh, we, we obviously spent a lot of time in prayer together talking about that. And we settled some time ago on the fact that it was Luke and Missy were gonna be our next senior pastors. And so that's been on our heart uh, for a long time. But we knew that God would show us when. And as Pastor Paul said, 
you know, it was a couple of years ago that we knew that this was going to be the year. So this is not something, you know, it's obviously news to everybody here, but it's something that the Trust Board and the Eldership have been very much uh, across. We've ratified it uh, and absolutely, um, you know, overseen the whole process. Associated with that, of course, is the, the, the role that Pastor Paul and Marie uh, will play, and as Pastor Paul just said, that their title will be founding pastors. But we've been very deliberate in making sure that that's been really well thought through as well, right down to the details of the things they will, you know, that they've committed to be involved with, continued uh, over the years to come, and also their own remuneration as part of that. So, and we've had some excellent input from some very senior church leaders around the world, including Joel Holm, who's been part of our church for a long period of time. Um, and finally, I think it's really, really important, obviously, and, obviously, and one of the most challenging parts of this is how we as a church, you know, as a board and eldership, honour our founding pastors. And that's obviously incredibly challenging when you've got uh, a couple that, as Pastor Paul shared before, you know, came across to New Zealand 30 plus years ago and laid everything down. And, uh, you know, a couple, a couple that are globally the most genuine, the most obedient, the most faithful servants. And we are the beneficiaries of that. And what we have around us today and the fruit that we have around us today is a reflection of just years upon years of, of just faithfulness and obedience to what God is saying. And so we will as a church be honouring Pastor Paul and Marie in a very significant way. Um, today, we, we thought it was appropriate to make a small uh, level of honour, so we've just got some flowers for Marie. <laughs> but there's obviously, there's obviously much more to come, and on the 12th of June, uh, we're going to have a church birthday uh, to recognise 30 years as a church at life, and also to again, honour Pastor Paul and Marie for 40 years in full-time ministry. So that's a chance for the whole church to really honour them together. But today, right now, we're just going to pray. We're gonna, I'm going to pray for Pastor Paul and Marie. So everybody stand to their feet. If you're online or you're in a local, stretch your hand out. And we're just going to pray. And then Marie, uh, Pastor Marie's going to pray for Luke and Misty. So let's just stretch our hands towards our founding pastors. Father, I just thank You, Lord, for this incredible couple. Lord, I thank You, Father, for their faithfulness, their obedience. Lord, I thank You, Lord, that You found perfect vessels, Father, to outwork Your plan, Father. And I just really thank You, Father, that we are seeing now the fruit of that obedience, Lord. Father, all the scars, Lord, all the years of toil, Lord, has resulted in just an incredible miracle that we now found ourselves in, Lord, a modern-day Bible story. We thank You for it, God. And Lord, I pray as they move into this next season, You will give them strength you will give them renewed supernatural vision, Lord, for the future. God, I pray, God, just this will be a new season for them, Lord, of refreshing, God, just of peace, Lord, Father. And I just speak right now. Church, reach your hands up. Raise your voices, Lord. Father, I pray for Pastor Paul, Lord. We pray a complete healing over him. Lord, we speak against this cancer and we curse it, Father. We pray that you'll rid his body of it completely, Lord. We pray for his vision. Lord, we pray for a thyroid, Lord. Bring healing in every way right now in Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name, we thank You for them, Lord. We pray, God, just as they move into this next season, You will be on them. You will bring freshness. You will bring strength in Your mighty Name. Amen. You know, I just want to take a moment just to publicly um, honour Paul, just for his um, integrity and faithfulness. 
in the way that He has led us as senior pastor and my senior pastor over these years. No one... Um, will know what uh, weight that has been to carry the church forward and to do the purposes and will of God. And so I just wanna honour you for that and then to honour publicly Luke and Melissa for your faithfulness in serving. You both are very much servant leaders and not just serving us as a mum and dad or a son and daughter, but serving us as senior pastors and all that takes. And I know in the in-between of knowing that God is changing from one season to another, there can be an uncomfortable time because it's not known, it's not there, but you've done that so um, respectfully and honouring. And I just wanna say on behalf of Paul and I, but also um, I believe the Father would say, well done good and faithful servants. And I know that you're gonna lead the church with that servant heart. And there's a, there's a scripture uh, in Psalm, it's uh, Psalm 145.4. It says, generation after generation will declare more of your greatness and declare more of your glory. And I believe that more is gonna come from the fruit of your lives. You're gonna lead us into more of God and I'm excited for that. And as you have served us, Paul and I, Dad and I now will serve you as senior leaders and cheering you on. And we're gonna be part of it. A great move of God. So, love ya. Forgot to pray. Father, I just thank you for this couple, God, and I thank you for this day that this day has been ordained by you, marked, they are marked by you, God, for your purposes and plan. And God, we say yes and amen to them. We follow in in an alignment with what you have for us ahead. And God, I thank you that everything they need is within them. You've gifted them, God. You've placed giftings and anointing upon their life. And God, I pray that you would help them as they seek you to unfold with your wisdom and understanding. God, just lead them, I pray. And we thank you for them, God. I pray your blessing and your favour all around them. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.